Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, guys. It is the 21st of February. We're here to talk a little bit of football. It is Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how's the coffee? Uh, it is drinkable, which is okay. the you know, the important part. It's it's not quite too hot in my Broncos for breakfast mug that you can get up at huddleuppod.com. Support the show. Have a good cup of joe. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm enjoying my coffee right now. Uh, the wife is trying to get in her last bit of the grant submission. So I'm typically I make a, a pot and a half or a three-fourths of a pot of coffee i'll do like the one solo cup and that's just not enough then i do the ha- uh, the half pot after that but we've been full potting it around here this last uh two <laughs> weeks because we've needed it february has been an absolute gauntlet um but we're getting through and uh, let's say hello to everybody in the chat talking about getting through it dwi guys helps us you know who's <laughs> helping me get through it this month has been dwi guys god bless you ethan good morning gents in broncos country good to see you ethan hope you're doing well hope you had a good weekend um, happy President's Day to to you across the pond. Um, little tongue in cheek there. Like Luke Wright. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Hey, I know it's a far away, but you and Scott are going to meet up in the draft for Vegas this year. Uh, I'm not heading to Vegas for the draft this year. Um, I don't want to brag too much, but I'm too popular. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm in uh, three weddings this year. Um, in actually in the wedding party for three weddings this year, including one of my best friends, one of my college roommates, and my sister. So my vacation days go gone um because they're all back in the midwest too so i have to fly from seattle back to chicagoland uh three times so there goes my vacation days this year i've been going into work on the weekends to bank up some more days but uh no no draft for vegas for me this year anyway and besides that's more of a that's more of a fan event i'm i'd rather be in dove valley and interviewing the coaches and the players uh after the draft because i want to know the why i'm not here for the you know ooh, let's have the ball toss game or whatever that would be okay it would be a little fun but uh, not, not this year for me no i i haven't thought too much about it luke but it is this would be for the fans this would be a community yeah. event for us uh, a meet and greet it wouldn't necessarily see it wouldn't be a a media coverage content type of an event but um what the first thing i do is look at this this is just my son's baseball schedule, yeah. and that's one of four teams my two kids play on. So <laughs> if you see there, there's a gap right there at April 28th where they're off from baseball. So I'd have to check and see what their soccer schedule looks like because <laughs> he plays in this competitive soccer league all across the southeast. And then my daughter is on two softball teams. Yeah. So probably not, but... We're one for four so far on the weekend being open that weekend. So, uh, but that's where my weekends go. My weekends go to kids sports. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds about right for you, Scott. My weekends, a lot of times when it's nice weather, go to wilderness exploration, backpacking, hiking. I'm really trying to push the wife. I'm, we're trying to get up to Alaska in August. Don't tell Eric Trickle this. He'll hunt me down or sick a bear on me or something. No, we'll talk about that. Uh, Mile High Truth. Good morning, everyone. Great to see you. Uh, DWI guys saying should have Devonta Williams on this new banner. Um, 
I don't know what new. Oh, the new banner. You mean Javante? You don't put it up there. No, the one yeah. in the morning. The uh, we have we actually have one. Chad sent us to it, but Nick's not real great about checking his emails. What? So. I had checked my work email all the time. <laughs> so we have a uh, we have a new cover that we're supposed to use, Nick. So I go in and change it in the morning after you have. Posted. I don't have an email That's for this. Actually, our Broncos for breakfast hmm. cover well, with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Isn't Beautiful. just a geographic location; it's a state of being. Considering Nick and I are just about as far away as you can possibly be. It's true. If you're between us, we've got you covered. Absolutely. Heck, He's up I in mean, Seattle. I'm in Atlanta. That's a long, long ways away. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I didn't get that email. I just got to defend my honor here for a second. <laughs> That's not oh, on me. What you should say is, I don't remember getting that email because you probably got it. <sighs> You got to lawyer yourself like that. You got to leave it out. Yeah. I don't remember true. getting that email. I, not in my recollection, sir. See, that uh, could USA. be a true statement. You're saying that you yeah. didn't get it might be false. Uh, Maybe I did get it. God, who knows? <laughs> um, Buenos Dias, Bronco fan. Back me down real quick. Uh, good morning, U.S. Dave. Howler Broser saying morning, Nick and Scott. Nick, glad to see, you know, Settlers of Catan is natural placement for Sunday football. Uh, In the winter months, it definitely is. Are, are you a... Have you ever played Settlers of Catan? Or are you a little bit too uh, too cool for that? It's a board game that's really gotten popular in the last decade or so. No, I've been playing Civilization for over twenty years okay. on uh, on the computer, so it's probably fairly similar. You know, you settle, you conquer. Um, yeah. You know, and it was like Risk. I don't know how much you played Risk yeah. before. Yep, it's much um, it's much but, quicker. <laughs> yeah, I was. A, I'm a I'm a Civilization guy. That's what I do to clear my mind of anything. As I play yeah. Civ. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what helps me clear my mind is when Mark comes in, hangs out with us. Uh, Mark Schrader, happy President's Day to you, Mark. Good to see you. Good morning, Nick and Scott. I went to the draft in Nashville and had a blast. Yeah, that looked like a good time. Um, I really enjoyed all the memes that came from the national draft with all the bachelorette party girls like in tears. Like, why are there so much football stuff? It's my bachelorette party. Like that made me laugh a good bit. Um, Sorry, ladies. Uh, also, I know Lance Sanderson was there and had a good time. And the Nashville draft, that would have been the... Oh gosh, what draft would that have been for the Broncos? Was that the Clown Farrell draft in oh, Nashville? You don't remember? Don't okay. All right. Well, Nashville's a cool city. Have been there. Um, in my mind, that. it was always like in Radio City Music Hall in New York or something like that. It was always New York for me. Yeah, New York, New York, baby. Uh, Sean Burns, good morning to you. Sean CC's in the house. Curly head gang, what's up, buddy? Morning all. It's good to see you. Sean Burns, so excited to see how this coaching staff does. Yeah, it's really young. It's really different. It's really uh green in a sense and we'll see how they do um gosh it's uh who knows um clayton here on saying morning guys what a way to start a great monday that's the attitude i need thank you clayton also get a got a full pot this morning trevor sandal coming in here saying morning nick and scott or good morning broncos country as well as nick and scott great to see uh coffee there you go it's percolating 24 ounces and i get about 20 ounces out of it after you know evaporation soakage and all that kind of stuff so i go i go at 20 every morning and i'm the only one that drinks coffee in my house so but yeah, sometimes Cafe Brit still thinks I'm a, like a dealer or distributor or a restaurant or something. The way they treat me, I buy so much coffee. For some <laughs> reason, the word soakage just did not hit me right this morning. Soakage. <laughs> Kay- it could Kay- be worse. We could do yeah, worse. It could be worse. Kayleon Green, yo, how you guys doing? Clayton smash the like button. Bama X, Morning Broncos Country. Uh, we also got Duke Plebs. Imagine if your kids had a coach like Jawan Howard. Yeah, did you see that yesterday? The Michigan-Wisconsin I did. Brawl, I guess we'll call it. I did the old uh, the whole unwritten rules thing. Uh, you, you've heard me talk about soccer before, where they you know you actually add up scores. You have you can 
all of these unwritten rules stuff, it gets a little macho. Yeah. You know, for my liking, it's like, you know, whatever. But, you know, when someone's like that, don't put your hands on them and you don't throw a punch. So there was a whole lot of wrong going on in that one. A whole lot of wrong. Yeah. Not great. Um, the Hawks won, though. So that's what counts. They beat Ohio State. And that's a quad one win, baby. That's what we'll take it. Maybe we're going to be dancing. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. That was. Uh, yeah, let's hit Jelly real quick. I want to catch up on some supers coming in also. Uh, Jelly coming in and says, take Kaleeb early. Late coaches have a connection. Caleb Ellerby, uh, Caleb Ellerby, uh, quarterback from Western <laughs> Michigan. Wait, yeah. Um, I have been, yep, glasses. <laughs> that wait, yeah, okay, that does say Caleb Ellerby. Okay, there we go. Caleb Ellerby. I mean, the name's spelled uh, a little differently than oh, we have here. Take Kelly, you know, yeah. punctuation can matter yeah. for me sometimes. Yep, Caleb uh, Ellerby, late coaches connection, have a connection. Wait, what. <laughs> So um, I guess I'm not sure exactly what the connection is off my head. There might be something deep in the coaching staff where you have Caleb Ellaby. But if you guys have listened to the show at all, um, well, maybe not at all. But if you followed it, uh, my draft takes it all. I've actually been hyping Caleb Ellaby on here since November. Uh, Yish saying like, listen, there's these six top quarterbacks. This is another guy who might go day three that I think is worth a flyer. He's actually got an NFL arm. He's pretty. He's got a good build. Um I wish he was a little bit taller, but you could say that same how Malik Willis as well. And uh, you could probably get him much later than a lot of these guys. So I actually really do like Caleb Ellaby. Um, I have it on not great authority, but decent authority that some teams were seeing if he would declare. And if he didn't declare, hey, maybe you want to come transfer and play ball for a year at Oklahoma. You know, something something like that. Um, enough that he has enough talent there where some bigger programs were maybe looking to vulture him. Allegedly, you know, that's not totally allowed to. To, to do that while they're still on a, a team, but uh, allegedly. So Caleb Ellaby, I like him. Western Michigan. Hopefully you get a chance to watch him if you guys haven't yet. The other thing about watching Western Michigan this year that is really enjoyable is that they have a wide receiver, Sky Moore. A lot of fun. Whereas number 24, which is a little bit weird to watch, but that dude is fun as heck. Um, I'm One of my favorite quarterback pass-catching duos in football this year, and I was really bummed that Carson Strong didn't play in the bowl game because we would have had Carson Strong versus Caleb Ellaby, and that would have been a really good underrated uh, quarterback matchup. So watch out for him. And I'll have to do some research on the connection. And Peter coming in saying, can't wait for these day two strategies with four picks to choose from. So this also ties into a question that Kenneth or a comment that Kenneth Booker had KB882, KB82, talking about if Kayvon Thibodeau was there at six, would you trade up for him? Uh, I'm with Peter on this one. I feel like day two, I'm getting like big flashes over here. So something else must have come in. I will find that because... My, I think it said stars party complete. So y'all must have killed it. And I'll, I'll, I'll call everybody out here shortly. But um, I, I like the the second day guys. I don't know as much as the first day guys. I'm like this just to me is not the draft to trade up. This is a draft to trade down. And if you could trade down and pick up two seconds and have four guys in the second round, uh, I, I feel like this is the way to do it. Depending on how close you think you are, are you one premier edge rusher away from competing? You're, you're two. You're actually two. You need two of them. You know, I'd rather have, I'd rather I take a shot at like Kingsley Enigbare and Boye Mafe than one Kayvon Thibodeau. Maybe, maybe I could be talked into that pretty easily. Yeah. Um. You know, or I, I go back and I get Jermaine Johnson at 11 and I get Boye Mafe at 50 because I picked up another second rounder. I could be talked into that real easily. Yeah. much more so than I could be moving up and giving up one of my second rounders to move up from nine to seven, nine to six. I I could do that. 
personally. Yeah, I, I. It's always I think teams in general. This is something that to be where they are as decision makers, you have to have a hint of arrogance and belief in your own ability to assess. But when you step back and look at the hit rate as a whole, there a little bit of there's a little bit overconfidence in the evaluation. Uh, so that's why some teams, especially the more analytically driven teams, take a step back and say, "Look, you know, we love this guy." but there's always the chance that this guy's going to bust or we could be off in the evaluation or something happens. So it makes more sense to get more picks caveat in the top 100 to give yourself more swings at that. Now we know that baked into that, like all the best tackles in football for the most part are first round picks, you know, lottery style picks, same with edge rushers, same with cornerbacks, top 20 picks. So there is still some, you can't just like trade back and get 10 seventh round picks and build a viable roster. Mm -mm. Uh, But on the day two strategy, that's where a lot of teams are. Uh, championship teams are built. Um, Cooper Cup, you know, a lot, a lot of good day two players. Go ahead. A lot of Patriots, a lot of Patriots in there, and those day two yeah. guys that end up being really good. Um, no, I, I don't know. It'd be tempting for a guy mm-hmm. like Thibodeau if, if he's still hanging around at six, and someone thinks, oh, he has character issues, you know, and he, and he fell a couple spots. It'd be tempting because if he's on, I think he's the my number one guy. You know, yeah. so what, what would I give up to move up? <clears throat> um. There's a team there that's sitting at eight that is in even worse need of some pass rush than you are. Yeah. So, you know, you'd know you'd probably need to move above eight to pick him if he's still sitting there around six. Uh, yeah. Elliot Strong coming in. This is good morning from Page, Arizona. What are your thoughts on James Conner and Williams in our backfield? Mm. I'd like that if Gordon leaves. I, I don't think if Gordon leaves that the Broncos are going to spend any more money on running back. I think they they're good with Boone and then they would throw a fifth rounder as a third guy. That's, that's my thought. How about you, Nick? I mean, you could see them bring in somebody that's pretty darn cheap for like a single season type of situation. Uh, but I don't see them paying big money for running back. I don't think James Conner is going to demand big money either. No. Um, I don't know if he's a great scheme fit per se. He's more of a North South uh, a gap. You know, if you're running, if you're playing Madden out there, you know, the, the ISO run, that's James Conner or the halfback dive. Um, and you're going to want a little bit more explosiveness. I think, you know, you're going to want a little bit more outside zone stretch looks from the running back position, in my opinion, um, than what James Conner brings uh, to the table. So okay, how about Sony Michelle? They're very similar in price, if I'm not mistaken, and tread on the tire, uh, that type of thing. So, you know, just going the same way, would you spend four million, four to five million on a running back in this class? Yeah, I wouldn't either. And I, no. I well, he's not going to get huge money. I think he's a three to five. I think those are three to five million guys. Yep. And I think you've already got your three to five million guy uh, in Boone as your number two. You've got your number one for sure. And uh, use you know go cheap, go go yep. cheap on the next guy. Uh, take again, take. 75% of Melvin Gordon's touches and give them to Javante and 25% and split them across your, your two and three. Yep. Uh, and if that, bo- that's how I would handle Appreciate the stars, Elliot. And that feels like a new name to me. So welcome. Yeah. Uh, welcome. And appreciate, appreciate you being here this early morning in page, Arizona, Jacob Foster, one of our big contributors to the show coming in with big stars, big stars. I think that was part of the flash that I got. It says the stars party was complete. Where Facebook does it, you have to hit a certain amount, and then they give you a big, you know, rainbow parade, and looks like they're shooting fireworks all over your screen. Jacob Foster was a big part of that. Thank you awesome. so much, Jacob. Uh, and then Andrew Lampy has also come in with some stars. God, you guys are great as well. And he had a question, so let me get down here just a yeah. little bit to uh, 
to the question. It says, good morning from work on my birthday. Oh, oh happy birthday. birthday. Happy God. birthday. Happy everyone birthday. wish happy good birthday to on my birthday. Hope everyone is having a wonderful day. You know, not a bad day so far. No. Not a bad day so far. Looking forward to uh, my kids are home from school. Uh, my dad's coming over right after the show. And we're going to go see a friend of mine who has a uh, he has he's an arms dealer. I'm, I'm not sure what it's called, a gun shop. And we're going to go practice some responsible firearm shooting with him who trains uh, as a birthday present to my dad, who's or his birthday present was uh, his birthday was earlier this month. So we're looking forward to that. The three generations of Kennedys that are going out and enjoying a day out. So happy birthday, Andrew. And the chance coming in saying he saw an interview on 105, the th- <clears throat> the fans saying Peyton wanted Quinn, but was instructed otherwise by Elway and Ellis. Personally, I love the hire, but would hate it if there's any merit to this. Peyton should be top dog. I don't buy it. Not for a second. Do I buy that? Um, yeah. Um, I don't I buy it. I, what about you? What, I guess I can say what I heard here since there's some trick wins coming out. And again, I got to say this with a caveat, you know, I'm, I hear things, but sometimes they don't turn out to be real. And especially that's been true. This, this was not the case when Ellis slash Elway were top dogs since Peyton's took over. It's been a lot of cloak and dagger going on in Denver, especially with the draft and what they're trying to do. You just don't have the leaks like you did under Elway. Um, As far as Peyton wanting Quinn, um, I heard that was the case, but I did not hear that it was Elway slash Ellis specifically that were the ones who deterred him. It was actually more so the committee. Um, and Peyton leading a little bit to uh, leaning away from uh, cronyism, which is, you know, hiring your friends. I hear people use nepotism instead of cronyism, and it drives me nuts because it's incorrect. Use the word cronyism, folks. It's there. Yeah, but we kind of call it the good old boys club. Yes. So they're all like kind of they're all kind of yep. related and everything in there, yep. too. So I'll, I'll give you a pass on that. Um, but as far as uh, Peyton being swayed by Ellis and Elway, I don't know if that's the case, but if he was swayed by the um, the committee, that's why the committee is there. You do want uh Peyton to be top dog, but you don't want him to be a dictator. He surrounded himself with a lot of good minds um, and a lot of people that he trusts that he is trying to take their word into account and what they have to say and assessing that information. And if that means sometimes that he has a personal bias for one guy like Quinn and he has to step back and be like, well, maybe my emotional attachment to this guy is getting in the way, then that's, I think that's a good thing. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I also heard some of the staff that, uh, Dan Quinn was wanting to bring in around uh, this team um, was not ideal. And I also heard that Peyton wanted to stick with the Vic Fangio style, too high defense with match quarters. And maybe Quinn was going to uproot that. And Peyton didn't like that as much. So again, nothing that is completely verified. You know, but Peyton didn't tell me this specifically, but there is some, uh, there is some murmurs out there as far as Peyton leaning Quinn, but then some other factors pulling him towards Hackett and, We'll see how it plays out. It's the coaching staff. You you never know until you know. I think Peyton settled on the guy he wanted, got and got the guy he wanted. He may have gone into it thinking, okay, Quinn's yeah. the, the lead, the lead front runner. I, I yeah. believe that, uh, but I don't believe that uh, he wanted Quinn as his number one. I don't believe that. Yeah. Um, there, I haven't seen anything in there. I haven't heard anything that that at one point that could have been true. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. but I don't think it was Elway and Ellis that changed no. his mind. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, Husky Hardcore and good morning. Congrats for the late score for Chelsea to pull three out of the points. Um, congrats. Pull out three guys. points. So that yep. means they, they won. You get yep. three points for a win, one for a tie, zero for a loss. And they scored in the 89th minute after a really, really drab showing. What's interesting about international football is you can play in a bunch of tournaments all at once. And Chelsea is playing four consecutive games in four different, ter- in four different competitions. 
Yep. And so it, it's kind of cool. You know, it'd be like playing, okay, we're going we're gonna to play SEC football, but we're also going to play in the World League and we're going to play the Canadian champion on Sunday. Uh, it, so it's, it is cool. Like I said, even if you don't like the sport itself, the general manager aspects and the competitive aspects of international football are freaking awesome. Even yeah. if you're bored by the game. <laughs> yeah. Just like some the... things from the game that I'd like to see other sports uh, take up, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Ah, uh, man, college football. There never happened because of the money, but I wish there was a relegation style college football. That'd be so good for, because there's not a cap. So all the top talent is congregated might as yep. well. Um, but it'll well, never happen too much. College money. football is the closest thing you see to international football because yep. They don't reward losing in college football. It's merit based. You yep. you gotta you gotta work your way up, and it's hard to knock off the guys at the top because there's yep. nobody there saying, "Okay, Nick, you've had too many five star players. You have to. You can only have one five star player this class. You can't have fifteen. You can't do that. No yep. BS, Nick. If you can go get twenty five five star players, go get them. Yeah, I will uh, say the uh, that is in case anybody yeah. was wondering. The transfer market's a little bit of the wild west, though. Well, maybe have to see how that turns Good. out. But, Good. Uh, we can get into that. I, we, we can we can talk about we'll 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 go to that when we start talking about 150 <laughs> players boycotting the combine. Yeah, true. CJ Morrison. Good morning, gentlemen. Looks like he's uh being 420 friendly there. CJ, careful. Don't do it and drive. I can't tell if you're in a car. Um, let's draft Malik Willis. That would be fun. Um, at nine overall, he's definitely got some things to work on. Is processing it from tape at Liberty's, you know, up and down. His mechanics are up and down, but. My God, the athleticism, the size that he has as far as the the mass and the arm talent is unchallenged in this class. Tantalizing. Yeah, I mean, if it clicks for him, it's amazing. And in my opinion, drafting a quarterback, especially in the top 10, um, I'm, I'm going to change my Twitter bio soon. I'm going to delete everything else in there. I'm going to say Nick Kendall, hater of all non-top 12 quarterbacks. And I don't see any of these guys in this class becoming top 10 caliber Besides Malik Willis, uh, maybe you have fringe with like somebody like Kenny Pickett, but uh, I don't know if you're, I think drafting a quarterback top 10 or quarterbacks in general, it's a goddamn home run derby. And if you hit it short of the f fence, guess what? It's an out. Um, and the only one I can see being a home run in this class is Malik Willis, but I've been wrong about the quarterback position before. It's a, uh, it's a tough one to evaluate because there's so much that goes into it. So uh, we'll see real quick. Gabriel says girlfriend didn't answer this morning. Uh, so says, I have to clink my beer in my imagination because I have no friends. So it's Broncos for breakfast with us. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate you being here. And John Lennon once said, uh, you know, telling the truth won't make you the most friends. It will make you the right friends. So mm -hmm. uh, the people in my life, I don't have a ton of them, but the ones I have are good people like this guy, this guy over oh. here. So, and all y'all appreciate, appreciate it. Um, um, Jacob yeah. Foster coming in with more mm -hmm. stars. Uh, just killing it for us, Jacob. You're awesome. Oh, and there's here's another one from Mark Schrader. We'll get to Mark here in a little bit. He's got another question. Uh, it says, James is excited about the changes. Long way to go yet. It is, but that's the first start. Again, how many times have y'all heard me talk about hope and what hope is to the fan? It's everything. You know, when you, when you go out there, it's like, oh, it's Teddy Bridgewater again and Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer. Man, why am I watching this? I'm going to go rake leaves or blow snow or something. Yeah. So uh, definitely excited about the changes, James. It, it, it brings hope for the springtime. Yeah. And uh, DWI guys saying uh, Sean Ireland pointed out. Thank you, Sean. Um, but thank you for bringing it to our attention. DWI guys. Pat McAfee announced a big, big announcement on a show tomorrow. Roger Lee usually appears on Tuesdays and could be announcing his decision. So, uh, hey, um, I guess we have something to look forward to. Uh, who knows? Um, it would be great. Honestly, 
I, I do want Rodgers in Denver because I don't think there's other options that end up with this team getting a good quarterback that fixes the room in 2022. Um, but that being said, more than anything, I want closure on this because I, we, I need direction. I, it can't just be like this constant hovering over like, ooh, maybe Aaron Rodgers for these two teams. Like, I need to know what we're doing so I can start to uh, get my plans and opinions ready for the offseason. Obviously, first, well, go get Aaron Rodgers. Who knows? You know, get, get yeah. some closures. Okay, yeah. this is done. Now we know we need to go after this or this, or we need to put everything behind this guy. Yep. You know, you know, m- move on. There's This has been dangling around for, what, 14 months, 15 months now? Enough. Yep. And enough's enough. And it can't go on forever because he's he's an older guy. He's not going to be around for three, four years yep. uh, for sure. Kevin, yep. welcome. Says he made a morning show. And, and Mark Schrader coming in with more stars, big stars again from Mark. Uh, he said he did like uh, Kingsley Enigbare on my YouTube, Scott. Well, you know what? We're going to bring that right here to you. So let me upload. Kingsley Enigbare is a 6'4", 260-pound edge from South Carolina. 35-inch arm length. Yeah, well, pterodactyl-like wingspan. <laughs> so, somehow, my... Yeah. This is all gotten. There we go. Um, so let me post this here. This was some sort of grudge match. I tagged him and asked him, this was at the beginning of practice in front of the entire team. And he went out and they did two reps. So I don't know what started this. I tagged him on Twitter, hoping he'd answer and maybe he will. And if I see him, I'll ask him if I get a chance, but this was, I don't know what this was about, but I put this first hoping he might see it and answer, but I will find out because that was some sort of grudge match going on. Um, he didn't win a ton of his one-on-ones, which was a little surprising to me. And then I was like, wait a minute, how do I have like 15 plays from Enigbari? Because in the game situations, you see him coming off the left end here. He was winning a lot of things. And, you know, there's a sack. He oh. would have killed that quarterback in real life. Maybe, maybe. that was Malik Willis. So. Malik Willis has broken some guys out before. Yeah, coming off both sides, both edges here. You know, he would have killed Sam Howell there, pulls off. Yeah. So, um, Again, a day two guy that uh, he was, uh, he measured, I think, six, three and three quarters and 261 pounds, Mark. Appreciate the question. And I do put all of that stuff in in the description for future reference. Yeah. You know, I'll answer. Uh, but I try and make sure that, that people see that too. Plus, it, it just kind of helps with SEO a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, we got to get going on our topics here. But first, Salvi Nation coming in and say, Good morning, guys. How is it possible for Green Bay to offer money to Aaron Rodgers with its horrible deficit of $50 million? Scott, who would you like to draft if Gordon doesn't come back? So first off, um, teams can do this thing. They got rid of poison pills on contracts, but they have this thing called voidable years, where this is what the Saints have been doing, where you're paying guys their bonuses well after the end of their contracts, um, which means essentially you're putting it on a credit card teams trying to capture their windows. Now the saints did it when they had drew Brees. obviously like, Oh, we have a guy right now. There's no guarantee afterwards. We have to do Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill. Uh, we better load up right now. Um, didn't work out for them, but they gave themselves a chance. Sometimes it works like the Rams. Sometimes it works like the saints single elimination tournament, you know, wide varying outcomes. Uh, so talking about green Bay, they have a lot of restructurable cap. Uh, they can extend some guys and put on those voidable years, and uh, they probably do the same with Rodgers. So while they have 50 million negative on the surface, you have to know that these teams have built in uh, areas in their in these players' contracts where they give themselves flexibility. Uh, they will have to put it on a credit card, um, which means after Aaron Rodgers retires, that it could you know those chickens come home to roost. But um, it's movable cap. You need some you need some cash to do it for one thing to yep. enable to do it off. So Salvi, let's say let's say I owe him 50 million this year. I could 
I could take that 50 million and turn it into a signing bonus and sign him to a four year deal for 50 million and pay him a dollar. Uh, you know, basically $50 million signing bonus. And then his base salary is a dollar for the next four years. His cap hit just went from 50 this year to 50 divided by four. Probably would have been easier if I'd said 60, um, which is 50 divided by four is what? 12, 12 and change. So he went from a 50 cap hit to 12 this year. I just cleared up 38 million in space. However, now he counts 12 in the next three years. So I may only be counting on it being a one-year deal. Uh, and now he's going to count 12 on next year, the year mm-hmm. after, and the year after. But the cap also increases some. And that's what they're mm-hmm. counting on as well. Absolutely. So we'll keep our cap about the same, but he's going to count on the same. So you are drawing out the cap number. So again, that's how I could pay him 50 this year and knock his cap number for this year down to 12. Yep. And now I've got $38 million. Well, yep. that's an extreme example cut those numbers in half and it's feasible and then do that for, for four other players. And all of a sudden I'm back in the red. So the thing about that 50 million deficit is it already counts that gigantic cap number cap number that Aaron Rodgers is on. It doesn't, however, for Devontae Adams. Yeah. That's the big one. It's not Aaron Rodgers. The big one's Devontae Adams because his, his salary doesn't even count on that right now. And yeah. uh, Salvi, appreciate the, appreciate the support, my friend. Yeah, and let's get into the uh, good point there. I think, again, you can put on those voidable years on Devonta Adams. You can get to Billy Turner, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, uh, and that'll save you some some big coin there in Green Bay. Um, we got Miguel coming into and saying, good morning, fellas. What cornerbacks are you looking at day two? Sorry, can't contribute much this month. Um, Scott here. Hey, let you're me a pull- contributor every day, Miguel. We appreciate you being here. Yeah, day two cornerbacks for the Broncos. It really, a lot of it depends on what happens in free agency, obviously, but there's a lot of different body types in the draft where, you know, if you're looking for a pure slot guy, maybe Roger McCreary falls to you. Um, he was pretty good at Auburn, but he measured in sub sub 33 inch arms, not going in the first round with sub 33 inch ar- or sub 30 inch arms. Excuse me. That's just, that's a big cutoff. Um, I think Kyler Gordon out here hanging out with me in uh, Seattle, um, height, weight, speed freak played a lot of slot and inside and out needs to work on his, zone awareness and handing off players through the zones, but he's a height, weight, speed freak. I like him a lot. Kobe Bryant stood out at uh, Cincinnati. I thought he was a very good player, but as far as cornerbacks in this draft class, I think after the like Trent McDuffie, Derek Stingley, Ahmed Gardner, it's kind of a, there's a little bit of question marks there. I think you have much better cornerback safety versatility guys day two. So if you're looking for a cornerback, you might have, and you want a boundary guy, you might have to take one at nine. Um, because I think there's a bonus one. I don't think I heard you mention this time. Yeah. Someone to keep an eye on. Uh, Is he, he's not at UTSA. Where is he? Yes. No, he is. He is. Okay. Uh, Texas, San Antonio. Yep. Um, Someone, someone to watch lots of tools there. Uh, Might be a year away. That's okay. It's a date. That's why you get them day two. Uh, Travis coming with some stars saying morning fellas. Any truth to possibility of us getting Kyler Murray? I never say never, but no, I don't think so. I, I think this is just a, um, I don't know. This is a contract. This is basically negotiating through the press. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Nick, what what do you think? I hate to just douse water on it right away, but that's kind of how I feel about it. I think it's just bad mouthing back and forth because it's the contract negotiating time and Kylie's trying to hype himself up and the Cardinals are trying to hype himself down and he might have some things to work on. Um, there's been a lot of people who have spoken about him not being always the most, uh, the best type of leader. Um, and he always kind of is like, hey, maybe I'll go back to baseball if I don't get what I want, which is not what you want from your franchise guy. But uh, I don't know. If he come, if he becomes available, 
I'm interested, no doubt about it, but we'll see if that happens. Um, and we do need to get, oh, as, as far as also day two cornerbacks we're talking about, um, Marcus Jones, another name to keep out there. He's tiny, he's five foot eight, but he's a dynamic return guy. And if you're looking for a slot, uh, he interests me a heck of a lot um, from Houston. D'Angelo, D'Angelo Jones coming in here with the stars. Thank you so much. And then sell real quick, saying best value free agent for the Broncos. I don't, I can't answer that until I know what's, what they, what they're signing for. Um, yeah. You know, I, I can see what guys were making last year yep. and saying, okay, but that doesn't have any, they could quintuple that this year. Yep. So for me, it'll be a lot easier to say that after we see the contracts, you know, like Cordero Patterson, $3 million. He was probably the best value free agent in football. He, he's he's right there, right there for me. Um, yep. But, you know, can you get Cordero Patterson for three this year and do the same thing for the Broncos? Probably not. So that for me, Saul, will be a uh, a better question after free agency when we can say, yes, I love this guy. This is a steal. Kind of like with the yeah. draft. You know, um, we don't know how good a pick it is for some of these guys until we know where they go for sure. You know, I, yeah. I like, you know, Boye Mafe. I see him ranked in the 75s. Yeah, that'd be a steal. Yeah, he'll go but earlier probably than that. You're probably going to get him at 75. No. He might not make it to 40, but who knows? It's a deep edge class. Uh, best value free agent for me. I'm hoping that Josie Jewell comes back. That being said, I was thinking about it last night, the logistics, because there's a lot of human logistics in this. Um, Josie Jewell, he was born and raised in Decorah, Iowa, which is about a three-hour drive from Minneapolis. Uh, he, I've actually watched a football game with his uh, uncle and cousin before. Um, I was camping there, and I walked in to watch Iowa, Iowa State, and was like, oh, you guys Hawks fans? Yeah, it's like, we're related to Josie Jewell. Oh, shoot. The TV screen was probably like six inches by six inches in some little tiny uh, campground. It was pretty lit. Um, but uh, he might, I with Ed Donatel going back to Minnesota, Josie Jewell having a second child just born just now, being that close to Minneapolis. I think there's some stars aligning there for the Vikings and Josie Jewell. But we'll see. That's just me reading um, the data that we have. There's no inside information on that one. Uh, so, I, But I would love Josie Jewell back one year. 4 million, um, especially when you have Jonas Griffith and Baron Browning, these height, weight, speed freaks that are still getting some development. Josie Jewell was essentially another coach for them uh, once he got injured. So I'd love to bring him back as a, a value, but let's get into it. Um, Scott, cause I know you got to get out of here. We want to draft the top 10. Um, how about I do odds this time and you do evens. Is that, is that okay with you? Yeah. And real quick, uh, okay. just talking about the, as we get into the draft, I want to talk about the combine real quick. Yeah. You want to do that first? Let's do that first. Um, you know, the, 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 there was discussions out there that the agents of the players are kind of getting everybody together and saying, you know, we're going to boycott the NFL combine if you don't ease up on some of the restrictions, which is basically go live in a bubble for two weeks. Yeah. And, you know, frankly, a lot of these kids are tired of living in a bubble of what was the NCAA. And now they're, prof you know, professionals. They have representation and their agents are saying, hey, you don't have to. Yeah. Um, I, I, I appreciate them. They've got certainly got the right to do that. I think some of the measures that are put in place are a little extreme. Is almost the right word. It's just they don't really matter. I, I there was a a movie where Robin Williams ended up on the presidential ticket by accident. He called. He was talking about airline safety. The illusion of safety. The illusion of safety. Some of this stuff that they're doing basically just for the lawyers to make it look like they're doing something, but doesn't actually do anything. I'm tired of that crap. Mm -hmm. So I'm with these guys. Um, 150 guys will all have pro days. So if they miss the combine and they invite second tier guys, or they just don't end up having the combine, who gets hurt the worst? Fans, kind of. 
uh, broadcast partners, when the ESPN and NFL Network starts knocking on the door saying, hey, we paid a lot of money for this. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be you're going to make sure we have the right guys. That's how you get pressure on the league. And it's really the only power player power that these guys have when they've been dealing with a monopolistic business in the NCAA football and NFL football where their salaries are capped. Their places where they're allowed to play is capped. I mean, the whole industry is so un-American that if we weren't just used to it, yeah. we'd say, what the hell? This doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with these guys. They want to sit out more power to you. You've got, this is the only power you're ever going to have. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, I agree with you. And it's definitely a interesting situation. And also, I think it's, we're coming to a weird point where a lot of the old measures for the combine and whatnot are becoming a little archaic. Uh, what is the value for the NFL combine? It is the interviews these teams get with the players. Um, those actually do matter a bit. They do weigh those a bit. Um, it's the medicals. Those That's number one, getting the medicals. And it's the uniform measurements. You know, like guys, oh, all of a sudden he has at his pro day and his arm length is two, two inches longer or his hands are a little longer. And you don't have the historical perspective. They've had the same guys uh, doing the measurements for like 30 years at the combine. It's, it's weird. So you have the year by year comparison um, for the measurements rather than the, they're not as consistent uh, when you go by pro day versus combine. So sorry, Scott, you wanted to say something. Yeah. Which is, which is part of the problem. The consistency is a good thing. One of the things, yes. one of the things that players don't like is the fact that each team brings in their own doctors. It's like, yeah. I have to go through 30 medicals. You know, guys, settle on somebody, figure it out. Mm -hmm. Who do you trust? Third party, pay them to to be honest. <laughs> you know, where they they settle on somebody you can all agree on through mediation or something, mm -hmm. and then go through one medical process instead of oh, my doctors need to look at him. I understand that you're dumping eight figures into a player, but again, it's it gets to be a little outrageous. And they, you know, they call this thing the underwear Olympics for a reason. Um, it's it's kind of degrading. Um, but again, because these guys are so well compensated and famous and playing a game that we as fans are like, man, I wish I could be in that situation. And that that's true, but we're not, yeah. they are. And it doesn't mean that they should be treated like pieces of meat constantly. You know, that's how they've been treated since the day they signed a scholarship, signed their papers to go to play, uh, to play college football. Yep. It's, uh, it's definitely tough, but, um, the thing, the point I was going to get to is that, Teams are moving away from these combine metrics because they have GPS data. And there's a story, there's a specific story here with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I cannot remember who was talking about it. It might have been, oh my gosh, it was somebody on the athletic. Um, maybe Robert Mays, uh, who's one of the heads in the athletic for football. Um, the Rams drafted last year in the third round, a linebacker from South Carolina named Ernest Jones, who was pretty good for them last year. And he tested horribly at the combat or at the pro day, I guess, since it was last year, um, like borderline undraftable for the linebacker position. Uh, as far as some of his metrics, I think he ran almost like a four, seven or a four, eight. Uh, but his GPS data was awesome. Some of the tops in the league, we, the collective media fans don't have that data. The teams do. Um, and I think that with the combine, you know, the jumps and whatnot, it's nice to have. It does not mean a hoot compared to the GPS data where they can actually see these guys moving on the field. Um, game and speed. Game speed processing. Game speed. So, How many times have you heard that phrase before? I, yeah. I said, I don't care what so-and-so ran. The fastest player I've ever seen on a football field is Deion Sanders. Uh -huh. the, it's just he did things that 
people just flat out couldn't do. He may not have always ran, run, ran, runned his fastest for the 40, except there is a story that he showed up at the combine, ran his 40, turned and bowed and left. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a pretty good one. But, you know, the game speed out there. um, Again, trust your eyes. But, yeah, let's let's get to it. I I stand behind these players. I'm a fan of the players, not the owners. Uh, I've... Again, growing up an Atlanta sports fan, I had to glomp on to players of other teams because my teams were terrible. So, you know, Tony Dorsett was my favorite player. I'll root for Tony Dorsett. Yeah. Uh, I root for players when it comes when it comes to this. I mean, I am a business owner. I do all these type of things. I get it, labor versus management, etc. But this is a monopoly, man, and it's unfair. Yeah. Business, uh, it's uh, billionaires versus millionaires. And if the billionaires can convince you that the millionaires are bad, then uh, you got to question where you're getting your sources from. Um, but that's, I mean, that's the business, right? That's sometimes how it works. You got, it's a, uh, it's a PR game back and forth. Um, but, uh, Which goes to baseball real quick. Then we'll draft fast. I've got to get going here pretty quick. Um, you know, in, in 95 in 94, the, the player, the baseball players had a preemptive lockout. They're like, they're going to, they're, I mean, a strike, they're going to lock us out. We don't want them to do it after the world series. We're going to go, we're going to, we're going to go on strike before the world series and shut down the season. They were the bad guys. Yep. They ended up being vilified for that. It's like, man, make them lock you out. Yeah. Make them do it. Nobody is going to side with the owners. I promise you, nobody yep. is going to side with the owners. We're all fans of baseball players. Make yep. them lock you out. Well, they did this time. Owners locked them out. It's much better. Everybody's looking at these billionaires saying, what, what does it matter with you? You're making WTF. zillions of dollars. Yep. Anyway, yep. you're on the clock. I'm on the clock with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both times we've done this, we've done, uh, I think, Thibodeau at one. Um, I'm going to go a different direction. Odds on favor right now is quickly becoming Evan Neal. Maybe it's not the best uh, return on investment as far as edge rusher versus offensive tackle. Edge rusher is an imp, uh, an act player versus a pass protector, which is a react position. Uh, but everything that the Jags do needs to be with one thing in mind. How do we maximize Trevor Lawrence and make sure that he is the best player you can possibly become? And if you think that Evan Neal helps you with that, especially with Cameron Robinson about to be a free agent this year, maybe somebody will pay him to be a guard or right tackle. Who knows? Um, but also Doug Marone coming in here, being the head coach. What did Doug Marone have at uh, Philly when they were the best? An absolutely unbelievable offensive line. Brandon Brooks, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Jason Peters. I mean, those teams are amazing with offensive line talent. I think Doug Marone is going to want that as well. So I'm going to go with Evan Neal at one overall to the Jags. Yeah. And I look at the, the, the Detroit, I think that's a safe pick. Um, yes. It's not the one that you want to have as your number one overall. You're going to, I think that's the one you're going to look back and go, that was the number one overall pick. You know, it, it's like 2013 with Eric Fisher going back number through one the overall. years. You're like, but this guy went 25, you know, and was a, yeah. was a beast. You know, David Ajagbo, how did he slip to 12, you know, with those measurables? Because there's questions. There's questions around all these guys. Um, You know, I want to go edge with Detroit. You know, Charles Harris, I don't, and I, uh, frankly, I don't know who's free agents and who's not for them. Yes. And uh, who's coming back? Andy got me. Sorry. (laughs) Doug Peterson, not Marone. Doug Marone was there before. Too many Dougs in Jacksonville. You were thinking Jacksonville. You were thinking Jacksonville. All these Dougs. Um. But, you know, I, I see, you know, Charles Harris, Julian Aquara had decent years for them, but uh, I'd probably go Aiden Hutchinson in this spot. Um, yep. Depending on how he tests, I'd like to see him, you know, go out there and not go out and run a 4.8 with a 4.7 shuttle. Um, again, when I'm spending eight figures on guys, I want all the data I can. So, yes, the pro days and stuff do matter. So I would go Aiden Hutchinson. It makes sense. Uh, I think he's a little bit safer pick at the edge than some of the other guys. Um, Michigan, 
Michigan, Michigan right there in Detroit. So I'll go Aiden Hutchinson. Absolutely. Um, I'm writing it in the comment here for us. So that way we're keeping track of it. And I mean, I know you got to get going. So I'm going to be quick with this one. Number three, uh, you have Nick Castellanos. I think oh, the name of the the new general manager, semi new general manager with the Houston Texans and very much trying to build a team in the eye of the New England Patriots, New England Patriots team that's been building more back to front defensively historic uh, in the recent years rather than front to back. I'm going to go with the best back player in this entire draft gives you a lot of versatility. Kyle Hamilton to the Houston Texans. Maybe this is early for a safety, but uh, I don't care. He's my favorite player in the draft. He's probably going to end up being my number one player in the draft. And there, this is not a great draft at the, at the top. We almost say it a hundred times. There's still talent here to be had, but I think the, the most versatile, the most bust proof player that you have in this class is Kyle Hamilton. So I'm going to take him here at number three overall to the Houston Texans. Also, he was a big person who stood out and, um, when Brian Kelly kind of left them high and dry, Hamilton was huge as far as leadership transition for that room with Marcus Freeman. So I'm going to go with Hamilton for the jets, you know, for the jets, they really need a corner. Uh, yes, it, it looks like based on, you know, based on their grades and stuff. And I don't think they've got anybody that's coming off injury. Like I did with the Panthers the first time we did this. Bryce Hall oh, is man, coming off injury is a corner too much for this. I'm going to say that I'm going to say that Stingley Stingley tests well, clears all his medicals and is the best cornerback prospect in this draft, similar to a Pat Sertan. And I'm going to pass on the edge hmm. instead of going edge to get a replacement for Bryce Huff. I'm going to go get a number one corner since you, you took Hamilton. Um, Cause I look at the PFF grades for corners on, uh, on the jets and it's 93 of 116, 55 of 116, 114 of 116 and 98. And I need a corner and I can go, I can go Derek Stingley and be pretty happy with that. Assuming He's fully healthy. I think he's the best one here. Yeah, interesting here. We got a couple secondary players coming off the board quickly here. Um, I'm now on the clock with the Giants with their own pick here at number five overall, and they are breathing a big sigh of relief because they thought for sure the guy that they wanted would be off the board there at four, and now he's not. Um, this is the team that's bringing in Brian Dabble. They've had issues in the offensive line for years, and management has said, hey, um, Daniel Jones could be a good quarterback, but we have failed him. And in order to not fail him, guess what we're going to do? We're going to lean into the offensive side of the ball. I come Aquano here, number five overall. Uh, you're going to see some more power centric schemes here with the likes of uh, Brian Dabble. And Aquano might be end up being the best. Uh, gosh, he might end up being the best player in this draft, but he's definitely got a chance to be one of the best offensive linemen. Uh, he can play four different spots on the offensive line, and he really helps that unit. And it helps maximize Daniel Jones and give him the best shot possible. So I come Aquano going there. Maybe there's better players on the board, but again, it's the same thought process as one overall. We need to make sure that the quarterback's right. What what draft pick helps us make sure that the quarterback's right? I think Aquano does that the most. Yeah, and the Panthers are interesting here. Um, they need a quarterback, but they might be bad enough to get their quarterback next year. Yeah. Uh, they also have three. Uh, they could use a wide receiver too, but do I really want to go mm -hmm. trail on Burks this high? You know, probably mm -hmm. not. They um, also have zero, zero uh, other top 100 picks. This is it for them. Okay. Um, I You know what? I'm going to roll the dice. I am. I'm going to roll the dice. I got one year on my quarterback. He can come in and I can let Sam Darnold get the crap beat out of him for a year. And I'm going to go Malik Willis. I don't need him to start right away. We're not ready to compete right away. I'm going to go with the quarterback that's got the most tools, the most upside, and the most franchise ability. This is this is the guy. Uh, we've seen the Panthers do some really stupid stuff at the quarterback position the last few years. This one's a risk. It's a risk, I think, that might be worth taking. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm with you on that one. Um, Malik Willis, however, did you hear that noise? 
that was the sound of uh, rules time in Carolina coming to a close because if they're drafting Willis with their only top 100 pick and they don't have cap space, uh, sorry, buddy. Um, that's good luck. Uh, so like I said, again, then it's a risk because you might be bad enough to that you could go get one or two, but then maybe I package Willis in a deal and get more picks next year. Maybe. Yep. Absolutely. I'm with you hundred percent. Um, so now we are on the clock again with the New York giants. Um, I'm going to get a little frisky with it. I'm again, there's Kayvon Thibodeau is still there. It sounds like he's plummeting. Um, there's, there's some concerns there. Maybe it's one team bad mouthing him. So everybody can hear to try to get him down the board. Um, but I'm going to listen to him and I'm going to lean again into the, everything is about Daniel Jones and maximizing the office and giving Brian dabble what he wants. I think the, the bills were the team that had the, if you combine 10 personnel and 11 personnel, the bills were number two in the NFL uh, in the last two years. The only team that's outpaced them as far as wide receivers on the field is the Arizona Cardinals playing air raid. Brian dabble wants to live in 11 personnel. He wants to live in 10 personnel. And in order to do that, you need bodies of the wide receiver position. They have Kadarius, Tony. That's fine. They have uh Kenny Calladay looks like a terrible signing for them. Sterling Shepard's getting a little expensive. I'm going with the the most versatile, highest upside wide receiver in this class. Um, I don't think he's going to test like a freak, but I think he's the best separator on every level of the field. Um, and if they didn't already take Kadarius Tony, I might lean Traylon Burks, but because he's kind of already that space playmaker, I don't want to overlap there. So I'm going to take Garrett Wilson um, from Ohio State. Uh, he's been incredible um at college or you think i'm way over over leaning here i think Gary wilson's a great player oh my god well there we go that's even better um <laughs> no no this is what i'm reacting to absolutely goodness um the dwi guys ethan cutting us off here uh saying number nine pick to green bay nick um you sent me to green bay too because i will not go it's way too cold there um not for green, me green uh, bay takes trayvon trayvon trail it's tra- is it trayvon or trayvon i've got it in my head it's trayvon Trayvon Walker or Traylon Burks? Burks. Traylon. 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 Okay, that makes it easier because I've got it as Traylon. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Traylon. Traylon Burks. Okay, thank Traylon you. Traylon Burks. Yep. Um, that would be amazing, Ethan. And you're amazing. And God, I know that we Scott's got to get out of here, but uh, you're going to cut us off um, when you do stuff like that. Keep Scott around. As long as the super chats keep coming, Scott is our hostage. It's Sorry, Scott. Ammunition dead. for the boys today. Oh, God, that's that's true. Um, that's true. So, um, I ended up going Garrett Wilson there for the giants. Again, that's a team that wants to lean into Daniel Jones. Maybe there's better players available, but nothing matters. If you don't get the quarterback, right. They're trying to get the quarterback, right. So, uh, I can want to and Garrett Wilson, the Atlanta Falcons at number eight, have a nice, long, distinguished history of getting bust edges. So let's, let's roll the dice on cave on Thibodeau. Yeah, so I said that. <laughs> however, he's falling, but you can't pass him up. If they pass up Kayvon Thibodeau and he ends up being a rookie of the year candidate, pack your bags. You're gone. All of you. Everybody in the front office is gone. I can explain this pick out. Even if he misses, I can justify this pick. So I'm going uh I'm going uh Thibodeau here. And Powell says, Do you see the Falcons uh trade Calvin Calvin Ridley? Calvin, Traylon, Trayvon. Yeah, I'm a little distracted. Hmm. Stop it. Sorry, it's, it won't let me scroll down. It's weird. Um, <laughs> I'm Falcons trade Calvin Ridley for picks and they grab Burks. Uh, it depends on where. Yeah. Um, if they take a wide receiver at eight and they don't have another first-round pick in there somehow, some way, whether it's Grady Jarrett, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, I will crucify them. Crucify. But the other part of me says they're going to stink next year anyway, so does it really matter who the hell they take? I don't know. That's yeah. the that's the other part. They're, they're going to be... It's going to get worse before it gets better, I think, in Atlanta. 
Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons had a worse point differential last year than the Detroit Lions. Um, if that says anything, and point differential is typically a pretty good indicator of the quality of a team, even more so than the win-loss record. I know the win-loss record matters more, but Detroit it's not Lions beat them all up and down the field. The, yeah. the Falcons just won on the scoreboard, which was yep. good game management and a Pro Bowl kicker. Yep, that happens sometimes. I cannot get to these bottom comments. I'm, I'm on the board now with the Denver Broncos. Uh, there's a lot of directions that I could go. A lot of the top players that I was interested in. Um, Charles Cross is a name here to keep an eye out for. Uh, I think the Broncos would like Kenny Pickett if he didn't have such concerning hand size. If Hackett overrules George Payton saying, I need Pickett, then maybe they would take him. But from my understanding, George Payton has pretty strict and stringent hand size measurements, which would take Pickett off the board for the Broncos. So we'll see if that comes to, uh, to fruition. So Charles Cross is somebody I'm considering here. Ahmed Gardner, another cornerback, a boundary cornerback is somebody I'm considering here. David Ajabo, I'm considering here. Devin Lloyd is somebody I'm considering here as well. Uh, a little bit of a versatile player, but I'm going to lean into, there's just too much smoke with this guy. And I believe in, if a guy looks like a NFL player in college football, he's going to be an NFL player more than not in the league. You know, trust, trust your eyes who moves and looks like an NFL player. Um, somebody who's getting a lot of smoke right now, Trevon Walker, Ed rusher, defensive lineman from university of Georgia, just turned 21 years old, pretty recently, still extremely young, uh, six foot four, 275 pounds. They drop him in space. Some, uh, he can play, uh, four eye technique all the way to wide nine. Um, and he tested like a freak Daniel Jeremiah, um, very connected to the league has been a scout with the league for a number or was a scout with the Ravens for a number of years said that he's talking with teams and they're like, Oh, after Hutchinson, uh, where's Thibodeau going to go? Teams are like Thibodeau is not going to be the second guy off the board. It's going to be Trevon Walker. Um, so that we'll see if that uh, comes to fruition or not, but uh, Trevon Walker is getting a lot of smoke right now. Um, he can play in any scheme. Um, and a lot of people are comparing him to, oh, he's so big. He's going to play inside. No, he's a max souped up sized edge rusher a la Rashawn Gary. So um, I'm very interested in him. And if you want to play the Justin Herberts, the Patrick Mahomes is the NFL. You need to win on first and second down to make it third and long. And you need to contain those guys. Trevon Walker helps me do all of that. Um, so I'm going to take Walker here. He's a name that I have not seen linked with the Broncos. Broncos need pass rush. The worst pass rush win rate in football last year, Denver Broncos. All right, so I'm with the Jets at 10. I took Derek Stingley at four, uh, just to mix it up a little bit. But you know what? You know what's better than one corner? Two. Two corners. <laughs> Why not shore up the secondary for the next 10 years? Yeah. I have Sauce Gardner. I come out of this with uh, with Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley as the New York Jets. I just fixed my secondary in, in, one, in, in one draft. Now I can yeah. look at other things. I can use some picks down the road. And I can, because uh, to get some of this deep defensive line class, some of the interior linemen, all those things. So that might be a little unconventional, but I could get behind that in a hurry if I was analyzing yeah. the Jets saying, well, they needed corners and they just got the two best ones in the draft that are really good. Uh, they, just, they just settled their cornerback position for the next decade. Yep. Okay, sauce at 10. Sauce at 10. Interesting. I thought maybe you'd go Charles Cross there, uh, given the health issues with Mekhi Becton. And, uh, I thought maximizing. about it, but I kind of went best player available. I'm like, I think BPA there is sauce, and, well, they need two corners, not just yeah. one. <laughs> yep. So why not? It makes sense. Yeah, I did like Bryce Hall for them last year, but he was a fifth-round pick from Virginia. So uh, and he could be a slot guy. I mean, they, they've got one okay corner and the rest were garbage last year yep absolutely. okay we'll all bring in two premium picks at corner and now I'm, I've, I've i've fixed i made one place a glaring weakness i just made it a strength yeah i'm done now i'm done at corner yeah. now i can start focusing on other places instead of trying to plug my my fingers into all these spots in the dam 
you know, I just mortared the big gaping hole. So yeah. now I can start worrying about some of the other places. It would be interesting to talk with some Jets people about this, uh, given the um, the 49ers have really de-emphasized the cornerback position, and Robert Slaw obviously has done that as well. So I'm curious if like they would even use a first-round pick on that position or devalue it. But as far as the talent um, here, I think you're I think you're right. And I'm a general manager. You know, Robert yeah. Salah might not be there next year. That's, ooh. You, yeah, you gotta, maybe. You, you, I'm drafting for the next 10 years, not next year. Yep. You know, we had this discussion right. before the draft last year. I can't draft fully for these coaches, yep. especially on a losing team. Odds are that coach ain't going to be there in two years. Yeah. The corners will. The corners will be. Yep, and I know we got to get you out of here. As far as strategy for the Broncos day two, um, and Scott, if you got to fly, I can wrap this up as well as you, I do. Well, I got to do the edit before I go. So we got to, oh, we got to be finished. okay. Well, day two for the Broncos. <laughs> um, after this, if one of those quarterbacks falls to the end of round one, I'm looking to trade up to get that fifth year option. However, I am a psychopath and not loyal to these quarterbacks at all. Um, so let's say, oh, you took a guy in the first round. If I like somebody in 2023, guess what? I'm going to go get them and make them compete because I am not loyal to these loyal to these kids i think that if anything some teams are too loyal to these ones i want them to compete go earn it go be great and if you're not guess what i moved on and i learned something about you so um, i'm trading up for maybe a sam howell a desmond ritter a matt corral uh who might be there at the end of round one um just for the simple dice roll and because you have some extra capital um outside of that you're looking broncos need again trevon walker helps helps you add a potential blue chip type of body to that front but last year, the Broncos were terrible in the front seven. Garbage. I mean, they were just so bad. I know that people, <laughs> Broncos secondary and Vic Fangio's scheme helped alleviate some of the issues up front. But all the advanced metrics say they were bad, uh, especially in pass rush. And the talent, too, is just they have a lot of talent disparity on that defensive line. The only guy I would say that's an above average starter last year in the entire front seven is Draymond Jones. The rest of them, I would say, were average or worse. Um, so that he needs some help in that front seven. So um, Travis Jones, maybe that's the guy you're looking at there as well. There's also a lot of linebackers, Chad Muma, whatnot. Also, you have a Giro Ivaro coming over. If you look at the Rams roster, what they have in spades on that defense is versatile Swiss army knife defensive backs. Terrell Burgess is a lot different than Taylor Rapp is a lot different than Eric Weddle is a lot different, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so some versatile safeties, Jalen Petrie, maybe is up there. Uh, maybe Daxon Hill falls down there. You need some bodies on the defensive, uh, in the defensive backfield that can do a lot of different things. So those are the areas that I'm looking, but right now, if it's not quarterback on this Broncos team, it's that front seven. They need some work. I like Griffith. I like Browning. Um, but especially the defensive line, they need some investments on there. And it's a good year to have, to have some multiple picks. I mean, I can, yeah. I'm, I'm, I can come out of the second round, two second rounders on the front seven with guys I'm really excited about. Yeah, you that's know, that's a we, great point too. Uh, Trevon Walker, you took him. Well, guess what? Boye Mafe is more of a stand-up type of guy who can do movement stuff. There, you have a power edge and then a finesse edge. They pair Travis them together. Jones, maybe them I want to go. Maybe I want to get my nose guard, and I can get you know Travis Jones got taken. Darn it. Okay. Well, let me let me I'll maybe reach on John Ridgeway, three hundred and thirty pounds out of out of Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. Um. You know the Perry on Winfrey. Maybe I put him as a three-four end. Uh, Devonte Wyatt out of Georgia. All these guys are on my YouTube page, and you and he's. Devontae Wyatt and Perry on Winfrey are very similar players that they can both would probably play the 3-4 the end for the Broncos, but they could play 4-3 tackle if, you know, depending on how you want to run it, the schemes. Yeah. There are so many guys that I think are, can help you out in the second round on the defensive line that it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. 
absolutely. So running through it real quick here before Scott gets on out of here. Number one, we had Evan Neal to the Jags. Number two, we had Aiden Hutchinson to the Lions. Number three, maybe a little bit of shock here. Starts to get a little funky. We like to keep it fresh in here. Kyle it's Hamilton. The same thing every time. I agree. I agree with you. Kyle Hamilton, number three to the Texans. Number four, Derek Stingley to the Jets. Banking on the athleticism and the upside there. Number five, Ike Mkwanu to the Giants. Number six, Carolina Panthers. Uh, Malik Willis with their only top 100 pick this year. Um, number seven, maybe a shock, but uh, my wide receiver one overall, Garrett Wilson in this class can do a little bit of everything, separates at all three levels, the value to that. Number eight, the slide stops, uh, set it up there for uh, Scott. To, that way he could talk about it. Kyle Hamilton, maybe, or excuse me, Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, that this is a possibility. We'll see if it happens. Number nine, a guy who is skyrocketing right now. The, get get him on your boards, Broncos country. Uh, Trevon Walker from Georgia. Um, get to know him. He's definitely a possibility. Number 10, Ahmed Gardner, uh, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. So a very interesting top 10, different than ones we've ever done on here and uh, some different names as well that we haven't seen up in the top 10 before. So a lot of this is going to change, especially why does, why does everybody's boards and information change uh, after the combine? If the combine doesn't matter, you know, what matters people drinking and meeting up after the combine events and all of the information that is spread uh, across the league in those after combine hours taking place in Indianapolis the, at the, the Elmo combine Steakhouse. and pro days absolutely matter. They matter. Yes. yes. But the, why did, why did things change so drastically from the media prior to the draft when the combine shouldn't change guys evaluations terribly, you know, you want to anchor them to your board before the draft. It's because these guys are meeting and talking for one of the first times. And there is a lot of information being shared from league sources to their, uh, to their contacts. So if things change, it's because somebody was saying something. And your job is to filter out the BS, you know? And it's a lot of it. If the Atlanta Falcons are telling me one thing, okay, I take it with a grain of salt. If the Atlanta Falcons and Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears are all telling me the same thing, now I'm interested. You got to cross-reference your sources. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, we're going to cross-reference on out of here, whatever the heck that means. Um, you guys have a great rest of your day. Happy President's Day. You guys can follow Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you guys are on Facebook, please join us on our Facebook groups. Uh, subscribe to the channels there at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Uh, the other one's gone. Huh? Okay. Well, just subscribe to this one. Also make sure that you are subscribing, liking, and sharing to us on YouTube and on Scott's channel as well, where we'll be live on Wednesday at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. And I keep asking for it. For some reason, we have two different huddle ups in iTunes. Um, one of them has way less reviews and whatnot than, uh, the main one, but I've seen some comments on the the smaller one as well. So keep getting those Apple podcast reviews. And if you do go to iTunes, make sure you go to the one that has the most ratings and reviews so we can build that one up. Um, but we appreciate that. And uh, Scott, I know that you got to get going for your dad's birthday. You got to go uh, do some guns and stuff. Yeah. Going to go uh, do some, do some training, shoot uh, my, uh, my, he was my fraternity brother. who was, he was army ROTC in college. Um, then he served and he, uh, he grabbed my son and gave him an hour lesson last time we were down there. So we go down and do it right. Practice, uh, practice, you know, safely and, uh, have some fun doing it. It's good, good bonding trip for the boys. Good bonding trip for the boys. Be safe. And I don't mean uh, just boys. My daughter asked to go and I will let her, I said, when you can have a meal without spilling something, we'll talk about letting you shoot a gun. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I'm not invited then. Um, I think I have a 
That's staying right here. Got it. But it's, it is what it is. Um, We love you guys. We'll see you live again tomorrow on Scott's channel. You guys are great. Thank you, everybody, for coming in and doing the support. A little bit of a smaller numbers today because President's Day. People are busy, but uh, it's the offseason. Hopefully, the you guys kept coming through. That's for sure. That's, that's amen to that. Um, it is the offseason, but we hope that you guys think of us as your number one stop for all Broncos offseason uh, content because you guys are part of the content. It's about the community here, right? We're not just sitting here talking at you. We're talking with you. That's why we have the chat. It's a lot of fun. Um, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll have a huddle up again tonight with Chad and Zach. And uh, Scott and I will be back again tomorrow morning. So we'll see you then. Another fresh pot of coffee ready. You guys have a great rest of your day. Happy President's Day. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.